Welcome to Weirdos. My name is Kellen. And my name is Jay. And we have, <laughs> we have had a, a fun time getting ready for this one today. We have uh, take three, yeah. take four. We're professionals. Um, <laughs> so um, this season has sounded better. It's looked better. Um, but it's also been very happy and fun. Yeah. So naturally, we have to put an end to that. <laughs> Seems only fair. Bring the mood down. Bring the pain. Um, so we're going to talk about something this week that really grounds my gears. You know what that is? What's that, Jay? You know, because we talked about it earlier. <laughs> but thank you for playing coy. Uh, <laughs> bullying. Um, I don't know why. We talked about what to do next, and we were talking about some episodes that required a little bit of work, and I just didn't have time to put in that work this yeah. week. I'm like, bullying, that's something we can talk about. We've all been bullied. We've all bullied. Um, so I thought, let's, let's let's talk about that. And we'll get a little bit deep, it seems like, yeah. uh, since we've already done it once. <laughs> <laughs> but what we did learn in that practice run is you have a lot more stories than I do. <laughs> so we're going to start there this time. Uh, right. We're going to do a quick rundown of all these different stories. So everybody's aware of what bullying is. If you're not, <laughs> I don't, something's wrong with you. You, um, you must have but, been homeschooled. <laughs> right. So I was saying, uh, for me, bullying really took place in high school. That was a majority of my yeah. bullying. And your start kind of in middle school. Yeah, fifth grade. Fifth grade. Even before, yeah. Let's let's start there. Let's start with Kellen. Okay. Little Kellen in fifth grade. How so, much did you weigh? How tall were you? <laughs> How fast could you run? I was the third fastest runner in fourth and fifth grade in the mid-state uh, in the 200 and 400 meter race. Oh, wow. Have That's ribbons, a humble brag. Have right ribbons to prove it. I was greased lightning, which is what kept me from getting punched in the face from my bullies. Yeah, don't catch me. <laughs> you ain't too slow. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so anyway, so in third grade, um, and I, you already know the story, but a kid named Jeff. And, then, uh, and I made fun of him being Jeff. Who's, whose parents named their child Jeff, who looks at a baby and is like, that's Jeff. That's a Jeff. <laughs> and then I apologize to Jeff for making fun of his name. Yeah, because as you find out, we were friends. And what he did was not malice. He thought it was going to be funny. He wrote something on a desk, and everyone was looking at it like it was some bad word or something. He's like, Kellen, come look at it. When I bent over, he hit me in the back of the head with a teacher's manual and chipped my tooth on the desk. And he felt awful about it. Um his mom was actually the teacher of that class. It's like malicious. Yeah. Well, he, we were, and we stayed friends until he got um, suspended for a year for having drug paraphernalia in his car in high school. Um, Your friends because he threatened to beat you up if you weren't his friend. <laughs> no, I was to be as small. Blink as Blink twice was, if Jeff is still bullying you today. <laughs> no, as small as I was, Jeff was smaller than me. So I mean, it's not like I felt like I could bully him, but I mean, you know, he wasn't he wasn't a big kid. Um, but it chipped my tooth. And then, so I had a dead tooth from then until 10th grade, um, which I got fixed because of a girl that I thought was cute and I didn't want her to see my black tooth. Um, but that kind of set the path of my timidness going through school. Like I said, I didn't really smile with my teeth in pictures because I was so self-conscious of that tooth. Um, I have the natural lisp anyway, um, cause my tongue's too big for my mouth ladies mm, <laughs> um but in fifth grade there was a kid named jeremy who would chase me around the portable uh, and for those of you who don't know portables were little buildings they added to the school uh, when your school wasn't big enough because I, I went to a small school we had one grade for kindergarten through fifth grade there was no you know multiple classes for each grade 
but if the teacher wasn't in there, he would always chase me around trying to trying to beat me up. But like has it been established, I was fast. So I'd always outrun him, but I would always get in tr- would get in trouble because the teacher thought we were playing running around the portable, which makes a whole bunch of noise because it's basically a trailer. So we'd end up in the principal's office. Um, and I remember one specific incident where we had these projects where we had to build these um, little Native American homes, different, like I think I built a teepee and a little um, fire area and like a little uh, scene. And my friend John built a Pueblo, <laughs> <laughs> a little uh, mud hut. Um, and it looked really great. I'm on it looked really great. Pueblo right now. <laughs> All I can think of when I hear Pueblo is it's like that square that clay buildings, right? Kind of round. It was like oh, a mound. If it's clay not, mound. Krista's gonna say something. To it's it was a it was a clay mound mound hut. Is what he made. Yeah, that was a Pueblo. No, it wasn't that. Wasn't that? No, unless it was. I don't know. It was fifth grade. I don't have great. <laughs> Doesn't memory. matter. Maybe. It was. It was definitely square and flat when you were done with it. <laughs> it was, I was done. Yeah, because Jeremy pushed me onto it, and I crushed it. And John was, you know, distraught. Um, and I got sent to the principal principal's office, which happened just about every day in fifth grade. Um, but flash forward to middle school. Middle school was more or less the same um, because I didn't feel like I fit in with anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, I only chose that school. I had the choice between Portland and, or White House um, because the where I lived was between the two, and I chose Portland because two of my best friends were going to Portland. Um, and we had homeroom, and in homeroom, same thing that happened in fifth grade, except it was two kids that, for whatever reason, decided that I was the kid they were going to target, and so they would chase me and try to catch me in homeroom um, every morning. And like I said, luckily I was fast. I would have been a world-class uh, um, tag champion. <laughs> I was hopping over chairs and weaving in and out of the aisles just to avoid being you know, beat up. Uh, those scenes from the Flash show where it's like from above and you see just the lightning bolt going through buildings. That was you between desks? Yeah, just a tiny, skinny white kid. <laughs> Barry <laughs> Allen got picked on a lot, too. Uh, yeah, I, like I was like a small Barry Allen without friends. Or superpowers. <laughs> go to the, uh, let's go to the band one. That one's a, that oh, was a good story. Okay. So, um, so I was a tiny kid. Like I said, I was, I was probably five, six, five, seven, a hundred pounds, 125 maybe. Um, so little. So get to high school. I had been in band from sixth to eighth grade and loved it. That's why I was ready to go um, to band in high school. And so we get there, and the way the band room was set up was you had the main room, and then there was a instrument room off to the side that led to the outside, and that was where we could store our instruments. So you'd come to band, go in the band room or the instrument room, get your instrument, instrument, go to your chair and sit down. So the older kids, 11th and 12th grade kids, would just come up through that door and come in, and they did this thing with the freshman kids, specifically me, called a pylon. And the pylon was where they would grab you and throw you on the ground and see how many kids they could stack on top of you before you stopped breathing. Squish Mountain. Yeah. Squish Mountain. <laughs> and so I was the lucky recipient of that. And every day I would dread it. And it, and I told you before, I would I was the kid that would just beeline it to class. So I didn't want to have to interact with anybody. I didn't want to be stuck in the hall 
um, when everybody was in the hall. So I would just go to class as quick as I could. But with band, uh, it was, do I stay in the hall and risk getting bullied in the hall? Or do I go to the band and get piled on? Um, and the teacher was never there until right when the class started. So we had 10 minutes between classes. So my other class was maybe a minute walk. So worst case scenario, I had nine minutes to be piled on. Squished. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was such a regular occurrence that when we had our award ceremony at the end of the year, they thought it would be funny to give me the most piled on award. And when I went up to get it, they came up there and threw me on the ground and piled on me. And one of the parents took a picture. The worst. Yeah. That's the worst parent. That yeah. is the parent of a bully. Um, and then the other story. Good one, is, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other story I told you uh, was, so I mentioned Toby. Not on here, but Toby was this 300-pound kid, um, I think two grades ahead of me. He was, a, or at least a grade ahead of me. He was a big kid. Um, he was usually the first person to pile on because there was, I guess, more real estate for them to pile on top of him. <laughs> so, <laughs> so one day they thought it would be funny to throw me into a trash can, one of those 55-gallon trash cans, mm -hmm. and put the lid on it and have Toby sit on top. And it was the first 15 minutes of class that I was in that trash can. I think the only reason they let me out is because Mr. Craig had went in his office and they were like, we've got to let him out because, you know, if the teacher sees it, it will we'll get in trouble. Right. Um, and like I, said, I was so timid back then and, you know, just I didn't want to make anybody mad or. Right, this is fun. Yeah, I was just so I just sat in there. I could hear I could hear Mr. Craighead calling the role. I could hear him call my name and I just stayed in the trash can in the dark uh, wow. until they finally let me out. And then when you told me the story, I was kind of confused because, to me, band is a place for outcasts. Yeah. But you said it was a, it wasn't exactly marching band; it was concert band. Yeah. So like you want to be a rock star? No, this was no. This is I mean, if you consider uh, Mozart or Tchaikovsky <laughs> rock stars, hey, they were rock stars bro. for their time. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, not in uh, 1990s high school. Um, yeah, I was in concert band, but um, marching band was the cool band. That was the kids that, you know, went to the football games and had uniforms and stuff. Concert bands, you know, we dressed like nerds and played for our parents. I don't know how cool the marching band was, but. Well, I mean, it uh, of the two options, because okay. at least you got a bus. And that's where all the stories come from. I mean, American Pie, that's not far off from reality as far as the band camp stories and yeah. band kids doing stuff on the band bus on the way to football game. And that's that's really happens but like you said it's the outcast kids so they all feel comfortable with each other yeah and you you played what was it guitar bass what'd you say you played uh the coolest of all instruments the clarinet <laughs> <laughs> the one that you had to vigorously lick <laughs> to get the reed wet enough so that you could play <laughs> that's fantastic now are there any photos of young kellen playing the clarinet oh man. kellen's mom does your mom listen um, she did the first season. I don't think she's listened to much this season. Well, first of all, she needs to get on it. Second of all, email me those photos. <laughs> um, I would probably, like to see those. There's probably some somewhere. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I, I was never in band. I, I wanted to be in band because I was an outcast to a degree. And my, I was like, hey, can I join band? And my dad was like, uh, no, you can join the football team. And I was like, uh, no. So I wasn't a very athletic kid. As you can see me now, I have glasses <laughs> and I'm a little chunky. I was a little chunky boy too. Uh, my glasses came in first grade, which was super tough. And it makes me wonder to this day, like, did I really need them? Because I remember 
I couldn't see the board, chalkboard, but I was also in the very back row of the class. So instead of like moving me forward, they're like, he needs glasses. <laughs> did I, mom? Did I need glasses? <laughs> she had glasses, so I probably did. Um, I remember getting super sick. Did you ever have glasses? You don't wear contacts. No. So Perfect I vision, glasses, 2013 by Humble brag. We're going <laughs> to... We're gonna bring. I thought about this. I'm like, it'd be fun if we brought whiskey or some sort of alcohol, and we take a shot every time something specific happens. I think it's gonna be every time Killing Humble brags, we're gonna take a shot <laughs> and see how long until we're wasted. Um, <laughs> but when you get glasses, you know, you're just changing your your vision. Like I got sick, I had to go home all the time. I was throwing up. But as far as the bullying went, uh, glasses obviously contributed to some because everyone called you four eyes if you wore glasses. Right. Uh, but now glasses are cool. Like I've never worn contacts in my life. The thought of me putting something in my eye like that, no, I pass. Around third, fourth grade is when I kind of started to blow up and I got fat. Uh, I was a fat little chunky kid. Uh, so I was fat, had glasses. On top of that, uh, middle school, uh, my parents know I slouched a lot and I'm probably slouching now. So I went to a doctor, I was di- diagnosed with kyphosis, which. Funny enough, I try to find that now, and there's not that much stuff on it. It seems like they kind of, maybe they called it something else, but it's basically a curve of the spine. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty sure I probably told that story in the depression episode. Yeah. I had to wear a back brace. Uh, we had stacked lockers in middle school. I couldn't bend over because I was the aluminum monster. <laughs> and uh, so I had to tell my mom, like, I can't. I can't get in my locker. Like, yeah. I don't know what to do. She told the principal. principal comes out in the hallway in front of everyone, including Angela mm-hmm. Garrett, who I had a crush on, said, hey, we need to switch lockers with you and Jay because he can't bend over because he's wearing a back brace. <laughs> Thanks, Dick. Um, so my bullying mostly came from the back brace. Um, and like you said, you try to avoid hallways all the time. Yeah. Like the stuff I read before this, majority of bullying takes place in hallways or stairwells. Yeah. And that's because there's really not teachers around, you know, it's like free reign. But um, in high school, what I remember the most about getting bullied for was my kyphosis and wearing a back brace. And uh, Jonathan Kello is the name that sticks out to me because he's the one who would always call me Quasimodo, Hunchback of Notre Dame. All yeah. those fun, loving names. Um, he did it all the time. And then other people would pick up on it. It was tough. It was very hard. At the time, you know, I was wearing this back brace, but in middle school and high school, it's just not something you want to do because you're so fragile. Your mind's so fragile at that time. Yeah. You have all these people making fun of you for it. So, you know, I would loosen it up. I would lose something. I eventually stopped wearing it. Wasted a ton of my parents' money, which we've talked about in the past before. Um, But that's the only real bullying I remember in high school and school besides, you know, Daryl White and Don Robin. Uh, Daryl White punched me in the face in a game of kickball. Yeah. Um, I'm sure it was there, but like we've said before, like when we had our Christmas episode, you're like, I've got like 20 stories. I'm like, cool, I've got one, <laughs> one maybe one and a half. <laughs> like my memory just doesn't click sometimes. Yeah. Um, but that's that's the biggest one I ever had. But then as we talked about it, I, I, I found some more like, we all want to be part of groups, which is where a lot of bullying comes from is that you have one person says something and someone else piles on, yeah. which you're familiar with the pile on, but they can do that verbally too. Um, 
I was fortunate. I was always one of the popular kids, so to speak. I was always friends with all the popular kids. I was always friends with all the nerdy kids. Like I was just all over the place. And the popular kids who happened to always be farmers as well, gave each other nicknames all the time. They're the ones who wore the Wranglers and like, you know, plaid shirts, yeah. and boots. And me with my Ninja Turtle shirt. <laughs> and sweatpants. Uh, sweatpants. <laughs> um, but they all, my nickname from them was Baby Skin. Like, that's weird. <laughs> like, I, n- I never thought about it. And then I eventually thought about it. So it's because my hands were so smooth. <laughs> and <laughs> because all them, you know, they all worked on farms with their parents. Right. And they had like cuts and rough hands. And I had these smooth hands. They called me Baby Skin. I'm like, well, but you wish you had these hands. So who's really getting bullied now? <laughs> um, but the other thing I remember as more of an adult is what spawned from you saying uh, about someone calling you gay. Yeah. So let's let's tell that story. Yeah. So when I was in 11th grade, I had a criminal justice class. And my teacher, um, for backstory, his name was John Chassari. And you can Google him because he was actually a big-time detective in Dade County, Florida, especially during the Ted Bundy years, hmm. um, or year, I guess, uh, when he was down there. Um, so we had you know, phenomenal wealth of information coming from our criminal justice teacher because um, he had lived it. But there was this girl in there named Kelly, who I had this huge crush on, thought she was the cutest thing ever. And for whatever reason, she always wanted to give me a hug. Come into class, Kelly, and she'd run over to give me a hug. Um, and I was in heaven. I was like, this is amazing. I wasn't like, mm, you're the weird kid who moaned when you got the hug. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, I, I did Never like, go. I did the, like the awkward lean too far. So, cause I didn't <laughs> like, didn't want our bodies to touch because maybe sparks would fly. I don't know. I was not sure of myself. Things so would just, happen. It would be very awkward. Yeah. I just, I wasn't sure of myself. I was never confident enough to even think about asking her out. Plus, she was in a different um, class of student than me as far as, you know, status. So, <laughs> can't date down in high school. <laughs> what are you talking yeah. about? Um, but she always gave me a hug. You know, I looked forward to that criminal justice, getting my Kelly hug. There's this kid named Bobby, um, whose name I don't remember now, um, past that. But Bobby's all you need to know. I guess. <laughs> Which is a bully's name. I knew a couple yeah. of Bobbies and they were dicks. So. Yeah. Robert. <laughs> <laughs> um, he liked her too. Uh, so it, I guess it pissed him off that she would give me a hug. So one day I'm going to give her a hug. She's done. She's like, oh, he's, and he it loud enough for everyone to hear says, I don't know why you're hugging him. Everyone knows he's gay anyway. Mm. And so I froze didn't know what to do. Um, he probably could have beat the crap out of me. Not probably. He definitely could have beat the crap out of me. But, <laughs> but I froze. And and for the time frame, being called gay was, I mean, that was that was rough for a kid. It wasn't as socially acceptable yeah. um, as it is now, as it should have been then. But it was, you know, it was taboo. So before I could say anything, Mr. Chisari comes in and he's like, you're not gay, are you, Kellen? <laughs> not, hey, Bobby, shut <laughs> your fat face, you stupid idiot. Or, hey, Go to your side of the room. Quit being a dick. He just, you're not gay, are you, Kellen? And so without saying anything, I just walked out of the class, went into the bathroom and just sat in the stall until I heard the bell ring and then went back and got my bag, Um, which to Mr. Chisari's credit, he never said anything about it. Um, He never, 
I never got in trouble for skipping class. I he was probably kind of thinks present. you're gay to this day. <laughs> he probably, he probably said, "What are gay kid. A woman? <laughs> no." <laughs> Did she <Wow>. transition? <laughs> no, it's 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 just nuts. And it was taboo back then. Yeah, uh, the two the late nineties, early two thousands. It was it was. I mean, when there would be a LGBTQ person on the real world, it was like oh, they have somebody okay. living in the house with them. You know, that was a big shocker. shocker. Now, it's, I mean, it's it's everyday life. Right. It, I remember in high school, it might have been middle school, but we had a kid that transferred and he was gay. And everybody called him Squirrel because he likes nuts. Wow. That's, that's I mean, clever. Kids, are, kids but, are the worst. Oh, kids are the absolute worst. <laughs> we know who else is the worst? Adults. Yeah. People in general are the worst. So yeah. uh, I've been... A lot, of, a lot of times when people meet me, they get two impressions. <laughs> so you either like, that guy's an asshole, <laughs> or is that guy gay? <laughs> uh, that was the two things that get me the most. I don't get the gay so much now as I get asshole all the time. Yeah. And a lot of that is because I can't hear. So I have people that are talking to me, and I either like, uh-huh, like I nod my head, like, because I don't understand. Like, you know that look from yeah. me by now. I'm like, uh, like, but uh, I remember I got I, I get got caught gay a lot and it's because I dress nice and I like to dress nice. I would wear ties. I would wear yeah. a sweater vest a lot, like Argyle sweater vests. One specific story I remember, uh, and it's not necessarily bullying. It's just this guy used to call me gay all the time. So this girl I was dating when I worked at Walmart and, uh, I lived with her and her roommate for a short while. And this guy had a crush on her who was the roommate's boyfriend's friend. His name was something schoon over. And they called him Schoon. And you know he had uh, the sunglass strap that floats if you fall off the boat. His hat was backwards. <laughs> I mean, he was just a bro. He hated me. And he always called me gay. He's like, that guy's gay. Like, why are you dating him? He's gay. Wow. And I remember the first time he said it, I was wearing a white dress shirt. And I had a pink, navy blue, and white Argyle sweater on. Sweater vest. And he's like, you know, he says some words I won't say on here. <laughs> But she would always defend me, you know, but, uh, so <laughs> in her apartment, we lived in Antioch, which explains it a little bit, but her apartment was broken into. And the only thing taken at the time was my PlayStation. Mm. Her jewelry was there. The roommate's jewelry, everything was there. I think if I remember correctly, the underwear drawer was open and messed with. Mm. skeezy mm. but my playstation was the only thing missing so we actually had a cop and did fingerprints for a playstation <laughs> and do you know whose fingerprints were found on the scene possibly somebody who's doing a little boot schooning boogie <laughs> <laughs> boot schooning indeed uh i naturally oh we're gonna press charges on that mother trucker you know <laughs> and so well no don't don't like, he helped us move in mm. like, you've lived wow. here for a year yeah but she wouldn't let me press charges. Uh, I wish I could go back. Did and, you get the PlayStation back? No, mm-hmm. I never got my PlayStation back. But I got a PlayStation too. So yeah. I filed an insurance claim. But okay. yeah, I got called gay a lot. I'm sure I still do. You yeah. know, and I care. Who cares? What does it matter if I'm gay? Like if you think yeah. I'm gay and you have an issue with that, that's your problem, bud. Well, and I think I think that's kind of toned down as being such an insult now. Well, because we've with we've people in their thirties and lower. Yeah, yeah. Like, like we love our parents, but they're backwards on a lot of things. Yeah, I remember my mom cracks me up. 
you know, a, a big thing now is female sports reporters. And I remember, and this has been a few years ago, but she's like, they have no business on the sidelines of football games. <laughs> well, if you want to talk about being called gay, it was my mom's fault because in fifth grade in a talent show, um, she had, have you ever heard uh, Ray Stevens, the Pirates of Benzance? I uh, have not. Okay. So the whole bit is about one of the pirates is gay. Mm. He wants to sing and dance in the Pirates of Penzance in the Broadway play. And I got to play the lead pirate wearing my pink pants and my mom's boots. Nice. And everyone thought it was hilarious, but you know, Megan's pointed out several times, like, I think your mom wanted you to be gay. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> like, she what did. do you mean? <laughs> she had you doing the can can on stage pretending to be a gay pirate in fifth grade. So <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> um, and that video does exist somewhere on VHS. If I ever find it, I'll post it. Uh, Kellen's mom, again, I'm speaking to you directly. Uh, I will message you after the show. A, a lot of bullying now, too. I mean, we still get bullied today. Yeah. By everybody, whether it's a coworker, a friend, um, a stranger. Like, I woke up today and had an email from an attorney, and he was just an asshole. Like, you know, you get an email and you read it a certain way. Whether that person meant to send it in that tone, whether they were saying it that way, it doesn't matter because that's how you read it. Yeah. And I'm like, you think you're better than me. You're talking down to me. I don't appreciate that. And I can't tell you how many times I typed up an email and I did what Rodney does. And I'm like, is this a battle? <laughs> and I've been doing that a lot lately. And I appreciate that mantra you, you gave me. And I, I'm like, is this worth my time? Yeah. Is this worth me typing it up? Like it's five fifty five in the morning. This guy pissed me off. But do I really need to respond to him? <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. the last line was like, we'll just chalk it up to human error. Like, that was the last line of the email. Mm. <laughs> mm. And I'm just like, ooh. And I went back <laughs> and I looked at some stuff to make sure. And like I wasn't necessarily in the wrong. Like I wasn't a hundred percent right either. But the point is you don't just talk to people you've never met in that manner. Exactly. You know, yeah. but people do it all the time. I can't tell you how many times I get chewed out at work all the time. Yeah. Um, like I'm not doing this or you're going to do that. The biggest thing that pisses me off the most is like my number one pet peeve at work now is when people say you, it's like, uh, you didn't do this or you need, I'm like, uh, first of all, that's not how this works. <laughs> Second of all, I will hang up on your ass so fast and you're going to call back and bitch about it. I was like, Oh, I'm sorry. I lost you. You know, <laughs> but when people say, Oh, you, 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 I'm like, if you don't know what I do here. Yeah. And nothing you're saying is me, 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 me. Right. But that's because people, and and a lot of it is, you know, they're just pissed. They're in a bad mood. And I'm the same way. I take shit out on people all the time. I don't mean to. I do. I've done it to you. Rodney has been a victim. And not him necessarily, but when uh, I've, in the band group text, I've gotten just laid in. Like, I'm just in a bad mood. I'm like, they text me at the wrong time. (laughs) And and that's what we do. Like we take it out on other people cause we're trying to make ourselves feel better. Yeah. And, uh, like we said earlier, like, and, and again, I'll preface this by saying it's no offense to anyone in my life, my wife, my best friends, my parents, nothing, but I'm not a happy person. Yeah. I'm just not a happy person. I never have been. Will I ever be? I don't know. That's not uh, anything on my wife. Anything has nothing to do with that. That's just how I'm wired. Yeah. That's how I've always been wired. How I'm always going to be wired. I'm not a happy person. So it's easy for me to snap because I'm already irritated. <laughs> you know, I always have this metaphor of like I have a thin thread in my head. It's very thin. <laughs> and sometimes, just sometimes, it snaps. 
Yeah. And when it snaps, somebody's getting yelled at. Someone's getting a smart-ass remark. Someone's getting a hateful email. And that's me turning around and being the bully. Because essentially, even if that person is wrong, even if they've done something stupid, I'm choosing to pick that battle, that fight, when I could just walk away. But it's because I'm already unhappy, and I want you to be unhappy with me. Yeah, and that brings up a point. It's something I've tried as a as a parent who was bullied. I've always told my girls two things. One is I'll never be disappointed in you for defending yourself, standing up for yourself, for anything that you do, bad grades, whatever. The only time I'll ever be disappointed is I find out you've bullied somebody and made somebody feel less self-worth because it's unacceptable. The other thing that I've always told them is there's only one person who can control how you respond to a situation, and that's you. Mm -hmm. So you have to keep that in mind. No matter what somebody else does, you don't know what they're going through. You don't know what's happening in their life. So you can choose how you want to respond to them. Um, And you talked about, you know, bullying goes from school all the way into adulthood. And I I think a lot of school bullying is... That, that person's internal self-worth is low. Yeah. And I compared it to what I consider the reason racism became such a big problem, especially in the South and poor areas, is people have a desire to feel superior to something. And bullies are the same way. They want, they may not feel superior at home. Maybe their parents are bullies. Um, maybe their siblings are bullies. Maybe they don't feel like they have the life they want, so they want to take that out on somebody else. So their feeling of self-worth comes from putting other people down. Um, for adults, I feel like it's more status. Yeah. I feel like I'm better than you. I'm a doctor. I'm a lawyer. I'm whatever. And so, yes, I'm obviously better than you. And you see it in healthcare. I've been in healthcare for over 18 years and there's that superiority complex. You have doctors that are phenomenal, that are just w- wonderful people. There's a, a Dr. Reddish um, who I think does more holistic medicine now, but he was an OBGYN, and he was the most amazing human who just happened to be a doctor. But there's that boys club, and I know there's women doctors. I'm just putting it as that general term where they have that superiority feeling. Like, I'm better than nurses. And so mm-hmm. what do nurses do? Well, I'm better than techs. What do techs do? Well, I'm better than the janitor. Yeah, but you know what? Those same doctors are calling those techs and yelling because they don't know how to delete emails. So, yeah, you're better yeah. than us, but you don't know how to delete an email. Yeah, but, I mean, like I said, it's it's all it's all mental. It's not anything real. If, if the janitor's left tomorrow, the hospitals are dirty. The doctors can't do their job. Right. If the nurses walk out, the doctors can't do their job. The janitors don't have a job. I mean, it's it, everybody's important, but there's that s- internal sense of self-worth, inflated self-worth, that I think transitions from bullying in high school to bullying in adulthood. I'm better than you, so I'm going to make sure that you know that. Yeah. You saying, uh, one thing you, you teach your daughters is you don't know what other people are going through. I, that's one of the things I try to live my life by, too, because you don't know what I'm going through. Yeah. Like I and like I said, being an unhappy person, being you know someone who struggled with depression, I'm always you don't know what's going on in my head, you don't know what's going on in my personal life. Yeah, and like you want to come and treat me like that. That's what you know. That just ends up pissing me off more than anything else. Yeah, but that's part of my problem. My internal struggle is like I want to fix everything, and I want everything to be right, and I can't do that. So I yeah. see people who are getting mistreated, and I try to fix it, but it's not my place. 
I can't fix it. Yeah. You know, it's a systematic problem. It's not going to get fixed. I have to tell myself there are things I can't change, but it's very, very hard to change my mentality to that. Yeah. It's very tough. Um, but, um, yeah, we, we still all get bullied. I know kids now who I'm friends with their parents that get bullied for being in bands. Yeah. I'm like, what in the world? Like, yeah. What, what are you doing? I'm listening to music. Oh, so you're listening to a band, but you're making fun of that kid because he's playing in a band. Yeah. Like, it's just, and, and again, it's their views on life are skewed. They don't know what we know now, but yeah. Um, if you're out, I don't think any kids are listening to this, but like if you're a parent and you have children, you need to be aware of what they're going through in school because you don't want it to end up like me. You don't want them to be depressed their entire life. You don't want them to even get to the point of suicide or to the point of they're going to bring a gun to school because they're getting called names all day. Uh, so I pulled up like top seven signs of a, a kid who's being bullied. Um, so run down through those real quick and then we can kind of wrap this up. But if you're at home, you have a kid or even, you know, relative, whatever, uh, unexplained injuries is one, which is where they're getting piled on at school. Yeah. You know, uh, declining grades, uh, not wanting to go to school, difficulty sleeping, frequent nightmares is another one. Uh, changes in their eating habits. Like, I don't know about you, like when I'm in a bad mood, when I'm in a bad mood, I eat. Yeah. <laughs> When I'm depressed or upset, I don't eat, you know. Hmm. Uh, frequent stomach aches, feeling sick, or faking illnesses would be another one. Sudden loss of friends or avoiding social situations where you're like, you don't want to go through the hallway. You just go class to class yeah. because you don't want to, you know, be put into an opportunity for someone to it's the only bully. control. It's the only control you have is yeah. to take yourself from that situation. And the last one is uh, feelings of helplessness or decreased self-esteem, which that's life yeah. to a degree. But uh no one, no one on this earth has the right to treat you bad. No right. one. Yeah. Nobody. No one has the right to make you feel like you're less of a person than them. Nobody. If you have someone in your life like that, you need to get rid of them because they're toxic. Yeah. It's not all fun toxic like the show you <laughs> where we can't take our eyes off of it. There are toxic people yeah. in real life and they're terrible and you need to get away from them. I've had a few in my life that I've gotten away from. But, you know, even, even if you're an adult and you're out there, you feel like you're getting bullied by someone at work, a spouse, talk to somebody, run away, do what you can, call us, we'll take care of you. Yeah. You know, um, but life's hard enough uh, and you're worth everything. Not yeah. necessarily to everyone, but you're worth everything. And no one can ever make, no one can take that away from you. And I think it's important to point out with that, too, because it's going to happen to you when you do that. People are going to lash out at you even more. Narc, tattletale, whatever. That stuff all goes away. The emotional trauma doesn't. Um, The Lori, the blonde um, younger woman from Shark Tank, did a great demonstration where she wrinkled up a piece of paper every time her daughter said something bad about her. She's like, say something about my hair say something she kept wrinkling it up wrinkling it up she said now say sorry and then when she said sorry she stretched out the piece of paper she's like is the paper fixed she's like no she said that's the same thing that happens with words so you're going to be labeled even in work i mean it's against the law it's against hr policies but there's still going to be cold shoulders and people that are going to shut you out at work but it's more important for your own mental health and well-being 
to, like you said, remove yourself from those toxic situations. Yeah. And I'm good at giving advice. I'm not good at taking it, <laughs> yeah. you know, but remove yourself from that. Um, realize that you can't fix everything. You can't change everything. And just, you know, be yourself. There's nothing wrong with who you are. There's exactly. Not. We made this show called Weirdos for a specific reason. Yeah. Because we were the weirdos. We were the bullies. We were the losers. And hell, we still are. <laughs> but by God, we own it. <laughs> and I'm leave you with this before we uh, wrap it up. A coworker actually told me today a great saying. So if you're ever in a situation where you feel like you're being bullied or somebody's being rude to you, just politely smile and say, okay, well, I hope you have the day you deserve and walk away. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've had people on the phone like that. And I'm like, uh, are we having a bad day today? People. Oh, oh, people. We used to do a whole episode. Like, People are the worst. <laughs> episode one, two, three. Like, we can just go something. Um, so that's going to do it for this episode of Weirdos. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Be sure to follow us everywhere. Uh, we're everywhere now. We are uh, on YouTube. YouTube, a weird, Weirdos, Weirdos a YouTube, YouTube channel. channel. We're on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. Come listen to us. I'm Jay. And I'm Kellen. Until next time, keep it weird. <laughs>